You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. Shine. You always write on the... (laughs) My parents lived in Wilmington for a long time. I was born in Springfield. You came to Columbiana when you were a... Yeah, an infant. Infant. <laughs> As an infant. You were homeschooled? I was homeschooled up until... I went to real, real life in eighth grade. And then Heartland was just one year? Yeah, the, my senior year is when Heartland started, so real life kind of shut down. The end of my junior year, and then they started up Heartland my senior year. So I was the first graduating class Heartland. And that's where you met the love of your life, Katie. That's where, yeah, that's where we started uh, canoodling. Canoodle. Okay. (laughs) We canoodled, and then uh, the rest is history. After high school, what did you do? After high school, plethora of jobs. Yeah, worked a lot of jobs, factory jobs, and Chemlon job, and sold windows for a while. That was a weird one. I sold like one window. He doesn't was like, seem like it's your cup of tea. <laughs> what was your first job after high school? Probably A plus powder coaters. And I, then? Man, it's a blur. A blur of jobs. I did some insurance stuff for a while. Graphic designer for t-shirts. When did you open the tattoo shop? Well, Kano was a baby. Kano was a baby. came home. So yeah. 2006. 2006, 2007. New Image Art. N-I-A. It was soundly hated by the older folks in Columbiana at the time. They started a petition to not let me open that tattoo shop. And you won. Yeah, I won. They got signatures from like people all over the area, different towns and yeah, cities and towns stuff. towns and counties. And so the planning guy was like, I appreciate so many people care about this. From all over. From all here. over, but they don't live here, <laughs> so they don't count. I mean, you were even at the church when you were tattooing, though. Yeah. Because some of the issues was, you know, the shop was getting really busy and you were getting more hours at the church and yeah. Fire Force was a oh, thing. When did you start working at the church? I started working at Fire Force in, I'm sorry, that wasn't your question. Because I started at Fire Force in 2005. So it was just a little bit before I started the tattoo shop. So then the church right around that same time, there was a lot of stuff happening right then. Kind of had to let go of one of them in the tattoo shop. was Jonathan had moved back and he was getting into it. And so that's when he took it over right around that time. So you've been at the church and fire force ever since. Yeah. What year did you guys get married? 2001. It's the big 20 this year. 20 years. Hey. Always there. What are you doing? Sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have energy. The rest of us are sleeping. I'm going. Graphic design, computer work. Well, before we get started, Denise and I want to know if you would go to bed earlier if Kate went to bed earlier. (laughs) (laughs) She told us she feels compelled to stay up with you. Yeah, I heard that. And I said, you probably want her to go to bed. (laughs) I mean, it's nice that she stays up, but she does not have to. I have been making an effort to leave leave me alone. To leave you alone. (laughs) I say, good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Either way is good. I mean, I like to hang out. Also, I'm good by myself. I like to be by myself. He really does. Oh, see? He puts his earbuds It's going to be life-changing. You're going to be more rested, and he's going to have time by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Denise. Should be like your favorite favorite host. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just made a club shine. (laughs) Welcome. It's always been my dream. We need people like you. Diddy. 
to shine. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners, to season two. Welcome to season two. Woohoo! Welcome to season two. One full year in. It's Elizabeth. Catherine, let's start off. And we are here with the distinguished Christopher Isaac Holm, who we have been waiting and anticipating this week for 52 weeks because he didn't want to be on season one. You have arrived (laughs) and we made it to season two. Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is great. (laughs) Excited to be here. Do you feel like it's more like, thank you for making me be on your podcast? No, no, this is a great podcast. Okay. <laughs> I really I really enjoy it. I listen to it every week. You guys are doing a great job. I'm thank glad you. to be here. Thank you. We're glad to have you here. Yeah. Chris and Kate were on our February 14th, 2021 episode of Couples. So you can check that out, our Love Boat session where we heard about their love story. But it's all about Chris today. So Yes, it is. I'm going to bed. After after 20 years of marriage, Chris has finally told Kate, go to bed sooner. Get out of here. (laughs) Pretty sure that was Denise telling me to go to bed. Thank you, Denise. (laughs) Oh, boy. She's going to be a therapist, right? She's already working. She's already making moves. Picking things things up. Chris was born in Springfield, Ohio. More than likely. He thinks. And moved to the Columbiana area with his parents when he was a wee bitty boy. The dates are not very clear with his family history, but Chris is the middle child of Jem Holm and Kathy Holm. He's got an older sister, Laura, and a younger brother, Luke. He was homeschooled up until eighth grade. 1997, he was the oldest graduate. Yes, I'm the oldest alumni of Heartland Christian School. Oh, you're famous. Yeah. It was there. (laughs) It was there that he met the love of his life, the little Katie Perkins in bird watching class or something like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they have been inseparable sort of ever since. That's true. (laughs) God knows we've tried, but I still won't even at night. I won't go to bed. Leave me alone. I won't leave. (laughs) We are inseparable. (laughs) After high school, Chris had a plethora of jobs. And then started working at the church and fire force around 2005-ish, where he has been ever since. Chris became an elder at the Upper Room in 2007. He's our teaching pastor. And if you haven't gotten to hear him, you must be living under a rock. But (laughs) check him out on our YouTube channel because he graces us with his presence every Sunday. And he brings a lot of good words to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Chris and Kate have two daughters, a high schooler now. Welcome to the world of high school and volleyball. Lots of volleyball. It's a whole new world. And a middle schooler. They're the proud parents to Kana and Corinne. Lots of hobbies Chris has. He's a a photographer. He likes golf, basketball, lino cut, printmaking, graphic designs, computers, anything artsy, crafty, computery. I like to read. Oh, yeah, reading. a lot, yeah. He reads five books for every sermon that he gives. Every day. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) No wonder you have to stay up so late. That's not true. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) But anyhow, thanks, Chris, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Christopher. Oh, thanks, Katie. (laughs) Glad to be here. I'm not feeling great, so So I'm going to try to bring the energy. Any rules for this podcast? No, no rules. No rules. Don't touch the microphone. Oh, sorry. Keep your language clean. Okay. (laughs) I ain't (laughs) nabbit. So tell us, Chris, who or what turned your light on? I will say 
my testimony, that's, that's a testimony question, right? Like, what's my testimony? I'd say my testimony is fairly boring. I don't know if I had like a specific situation to turn my light on or a time. Like I grew up in the church. I grew up with a Christian family, but I was always kind of a, I always had questions. I was always a why kid. Like I believed it, but there got to be a point where I'm like, I got to make this. And this was later. This was, you know, you start kind of working through these things and 12, 13, 14 years old. Like, is, is this true? Is this really what I believe? And so came a time where I just said, well, I got to step back. And this was probably, when was this, Katie? I'd say your 20s, right? Yeah, early 20s. My mom and dad divorced. Just a lot of things in, in life happened at the same time. And I kind of like decided I need to step back from Christianity and kind of look at it objectively. Is this true? Do I really believe this? The word now is deconstruction, but I don't like that word. But just kind of took a step back from it and asked more questions of Christianity and really kind of looked at like, what is true? What is truth in life? And so and so that started, I think, kind of turning my light on at that point. Did you start reading books or reading the Bible or how uh, reading are you a lot of books? Digging yeah. into it. Reading a lot of books, reading a lot of theologians, reading atheists. And I think my goal was, you know, I think a lot of people kind of they deconstruct or whatever you want to call it, and then they'll they want to tear down what they came from, really, is what they want to do. My idea was like, I want to really ask hard questions of everything. So ask hard questions of culture, of atheism, of Christianity, kind of see what they were. That's when I started realizing, yeah, this this is real. This is true. God's way really is the best way. Because I think people like to ask hard questions of Christianity, but not necessarily like be cynical about culture and ask culture hard questions and see if that way is actually better. Or atheism. So that was where that was kind of a journey I've been on for a long time. I think that, you know, if you start asking real questions, wanting to know the truth, you start looking at culture and going like, is that way better? It, it is not. It is not once you start looking into it. The way of Jesus is always better. I think that's where my light started really kind of turning on there, can you, intellectually. Can you remember any of the books that were huge ahas to you during that time? N.T. Wright. Anything by N.T. Wright is eye-opening. I started reading some Kierkegaard. I like Kierkegaard. Even though he lived a long, long time ago, I felt like we think very similarly. And he's Danish. I like that I'm Danish. He was very anti-media. Some of the things that I agree with are, are kind of run along the same kind of lines as him. And then I, I read Dawkins. I read Hitchens. I read Atheists to kind of see what their points were. And they make, I mean, they make good points. There was some doubts and some some real wrestling there. Had you been a student of the Bible this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. And then I read the, obviously read the Bible. I think when you start looking at culture, we think, you know, we think the ways of Jesus are, I think when you grow up in it, you kind of think the ways of Jesus are kind of arbitrary in a way. Why does he ask us to, like, why does he limit us? And so like the world looks pretty nice for people that are like, especially like kids that grew up in Christianity. Feels like freedom. But I, you know, you look at, they're not arbitrary. They work once you start looking at them, the ways of Jesus. You know, I just got done with this sexuality series. Even if the world just lived by God's sexuality standards, it never will, but just for a while, like everybody decided they're going to live by his standards. Then you have no more pornography, no more adultery, no more sex trafficking, no more abortion. It gets rid of all these things. It just fixes so many issues. And so like these freedoms of the world that look like freedoms are not freedoms. They don't work and so if you start looking really, really looking at the way of Jesus, I think you'll see that it works right. They're not arbitrary rules, and they are restrictions for good reasons. 
It's just hard because they don't always feel super fun. No. <laughs> no. Tim Keller talks about, you know, you take a fish out of water, you put them on the beach, and you go, hey, you're free. No, you're not. It's not free. You're going to flop around and die on the beach. Freedom is in the water, in these restrictions that I've made for you. So I think that that really, that's really what kind of started turning my light on about Jesus. Like, these are not arbitrary rules. These are not anti-freedoms. They are good, right ways to live. And so that's been, so I haven't had like a light bulb moment, I would say. It's been a real journey of this is true. This is real. It's been good. How did that change your life when you got to the point where you're like, yes, this is true and real? That's when I think I started wanting to talk about it. That's when I started wanting to teach it to people. Because I think once you see that, once it changes your life or you understand the change in your life, then I think you kind of want want other people to see that. So tell us, Chris, what lights you up? Oh, man. What lights me up? That question lit you up. <laughs> that wow. Question. That question. I just like getting stuff off high shelves for ladies at grocery <laughs> stores. That's my big, that's what I love to do, really. I was made for that. We were at Walmart yesterday. He's like, I'm ready. I was like prepared. I was like ready for someone to ask me. But <laughs> nobody did when they usually do. I like to, I like my kids. I love developing their sense of humor so they can be weird like me. I like, I like teaching the Bible. I like teaching. I think part of when you go through that kind of deconstruction thing, one thing that lights me up is like a lot of people do deconstruct or have doubts about their faith. I think oftentimes they have doubts about not necessarily Jesus. They have doubts about like how they were raised in the faith. So like things they learned from as a kid that still affect how they think. I like teaching in a way that shows Jesus in a real way so people can actually see the real Jesus. Because I don't think people deny Jesus. I think people deny things they were taught about religion. Part of what lights me up is like, this is who Jesus was. Here's the context of where he was in time and, you know, all this stuff. I really like that. You're really good at simplifying things and bringing them down to foundational issues, which I appreciate a ton because I think it clarifies right. so much. I think when people see the real Jesus, they, they can deny him. That's fine. But I want people to see the real Jesus. I don't want them to deny something that some weird teaching they had about Christianity or something somebody did to them in church. I want them to see the real Jesus first. Then you, you can deal with that how you'd like, but... I think it's really easy to get caught up on so many things that surround Jesus. Yeah. And it ends up denying him. But I think the goal was to deny something around, like you were saying, to deny something around him. But people end up denying him. A wrong view of him. Right. So uh, that lights me up. And that's not, I mean understanding is not the same as knowing also. Mm. So I feel like I started, I like intellectual truths, but that at some point has to change to relationship Mm -hmm. truths, right? Right. So the West, Western religion is very intellectual based. It's definitions and it's truths and it's specifics. Eastern religion, which the Bible is a It's Eastern religion folks writing. We get to look in on an Eastern religion. We've Mm kind of changed it, which isn't bad. Like, you need some of the Western religion stuff. But it's a very Eastern religion. It's a very symbolic, experiential pictures and parables. and It's much more about a story. It's much more about a story. Information and facts. So at some point, like, I've – I really started with the Western religion ideas of truth, which are very static. They don't move. And if you you find out a new truth – well, then, like, does that tear the whole thing down for you? Or do you have to, like, 
it's just it's pretty rigid whereas the eastern religion idea of christianity is this truth is not relative truth is rooted but it's able to understand new things and and bring in new truths that add to the the rooted truth very fluid it's fluid so i think that's it's helped me because i you see a lot of i mean we have over 40,000 denominations in america you know where you got to like <laughs> you find out new truth a little change and you got to like well, we got to start over Leave here. Leave your denomination. Start <laughs> a new gotta, church. we got to start a new church. Yeah. You know, this, we have a different truth. Whereas you look at, like, the Jewish religion, they have basically four different kind of sects of S-E-C-T-S religion. But they, their idea is, like, we debate, we talk, we find new truths together. I've even heard it said that, like, if they don't understand something in the Bible, they, they dance because that means that God's at some point going to unveil that truth to them. So they're excited about like understanding a new t- a new truth that Jesus at some at some point is going to like show them. Whereas we get like super frustrated. And so I think you can start with intellectual, but it, at some point it has to move into relational and it has to move into a holistic understanding of like who Jesus is and where he came and and how that all fits together and there is a rooted truth, but it is able to be unfolded and you're you, understand more and and it's not some distant out there truth it's a truth that actually lives inside of you yes does that (laughs) light me up i just think that that's that's interesting to me you're also a very creative person you've been on the worship team we forgot to mention that in the in your bio i like the worship team but i enjoy that (laughs) (laughs) you play guitar you play drums you sing i don't sing you do too sing no 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 he does all my harmonies no 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 I hear you sing sometimes. No, you don't. <laughs> that's a Scheller boy sitting beside you. That's not me. <laughs> you can hear him from They're the back of the church. <laughs> very loud. I love it. Yeah. Yep. I'm on worship team. That's fun. I like that. I appreciate so much that there's the intellectual side of you, but there's also this very super creative musical side where I feel like sometimes you do not get the, the mixture or the whole of those two. Have I'm like both. the full package, you know? You really are. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking for people who don't know me. I am not the full package. <laughs> I do like doing it. I don't think, I mean, it's... Not like a passion. It's not my huge bad. I do, I like playing drums and playing guitar and, and worshiping. I do it because, and he's done for the most part. If there was somebody who was like super good at all that stuff and they want to take my place, I'd be like... I'll run sound. Or if there was a teacher who wanted to teach instead of me and it was really it was good at it, I'd be like, I'll run sound. I don't need to be up front. That's the way I've always Running gone. sound lights him up. I do. I like running sound. <laughs> also, I think that it, that's great. One of the things that lights him up is being behind the scenes. And I know you see a lot of him, but it's not because that was ever a dream to be up front. I think he finds places that, that he's good at, but he really does enjoy being behind the scenes, fixing things that are broken, running sound where no one's looking at him. Ideally, That's I think much that better would have been his joy. Go yep. another place. Yeah, I'm very much an introvert. I'm not interested in being up front at all, really. I would not have to do it. I'd be happy. Things light him up. Being alone, yeah. being out in the woods, yeah. hiking, reading. And yeah. yet you've given your life over to a, a service of people and feeding people and... <laughs> People can be needy and, you know, they want the, the elders and the pastors. Everybody wants their attention and... I like John the Baptist. I just like go out in the woods and teach fun. Like you can come see me if you want. I don't care. I'll be in the desert. I'll be in. The, I'll be out in the woods. I'll be in the wilderness. I mean, you're letting your light shine many ways. It's kind of obvious. 
every Sunday on YouTube and pulpit and on the stage and singing. Or I'm Not sorry, you don't, don't sing. sing. <laughs> you don't sing. He, I swear he sings. But anyhow, I don't sing. playing the drum, <laughs> sing strumming the guitar. So we get to see that part of you shining. But are there other things that you're doing behind the scenes outside of the church or in your life? Other ways you're trying to let your light shine? I mean, I really like my kids. I really enjoy hanging out with my kids. I'm That's- trying to make this not be a couple's podcast because I feel like part of me could be like, I know how he lets his light shine. <laughs> well, then you need to t- you need to tell me because that's why. What's your favorite part of fatherhood? Oh man, I just like playing. I like to play with my kids. I like to joke around. I like to. It's fun. They have such a great time together. It yeah. makes me so happy because they're always laughing. Anytime that he comes around, they're laughing. We have and little inside jokes and silly stuff. It's just fun. That's my favorite part. playing volleyball, so they spend a we, ton of time outside. It's super cute. How's your bumps coming? <laughs> I'm actually getting much better at volleyball. <laughs> We're both improving a lot. And I feel like I appreciate that he answers questions when they have them. He's really open. They have great conversations. Yeah. Rinny especially Rinny's has some. like me. She's got a lot of questions. She's a why. Yeah, why do we Rin's do this? a Y kid. Mm-hmm. And so she'll ask these questions and I'm like, what? And Chris very calmly sits down and they have great talks. I think parents kind of can get a little freaked out if like their kids have questions or doubt. That was the best thing for me. The best thing doesn't have these weird questions and doubts. And so if that's your kid, don't panic. You can make it worse by panicking and or doing things in a weird way. So you're great. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lets his light shine at home. Even as an introvert, he spends a ton of time with our family. And I think that that is something that can disappear really quickly in ministry. And I that's something that we've talked about a lot, just the idea that there's a ton of other people in your life vying for your attention, and it can become very overwhelming and... I keep saying, we are not going to burn out. I refuse. (laughs) We are not burning out. And I think that's one of the ways that you've let your light shine in our family is that you've put your kids first. And I just think it's easy to do a lot of other things. There's always more to do with it. So you could could be busy every second of the day with the church if you wanted to. And I'm not always always good at it. But you got to spend time with your family. You got to spend time with people you like, community, kiddos. Will you talk to me about a supernatural experience? What's that, that, Katie? Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Will you tell me about a supernatural experience you've had? Something that was beyond? It's time for question four already. Physical explanation. Okay, sure. I got a good one. Okay. We did a mission trip to El Salvador when I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore, maybe? 16. Something like that. So we went down to El Salvador. We teamed up with a team from down there. And we went around and kind of did evangelism at these small, small little towns or small little areas. We'd do like a skit and songs, and then we'd pray for people. There was a woman there. She was sitting in a chair, an older lady. She had cataracts real bad. Like her eyes were white, completely white. We started praying for her, me and one of the El Salvadorians. And her eyes just from bottom to top clear up completely. Cataracts goes away. And I'm like freaking out. And the woman stands up, picks up her chair, and walks home like it's she totally expected it to happen. Like she was not <laughs> surprised at all that she just got healed of cataract. And I was like floored. That was awesome. And I go back to that a lot. If I have some like uh, doubts or like some things I'm thinking about, I'm like, no. Listen, I watched a woman's eyes get cleared up from cataracts. God's real. God's good. God has power. Like I don't have to doubt it. You know. <laughs> 
But this woman is amazing. She just got up and walked away and walked home. Like, she's like, yep, that's right. That's what we do here. <laughs> it's so difficult sometimes because you just don't experience that and see that here in the U.S. And it just no. becomes such a foreign experience, the supernatural and God's power in general. Well, I think when you have to rely on God, it's different. You know, we have surgeons and medicine and prayer healing is third down the line. If the other stuff doesn't work, then we'll, you know, we'll go for prayer a lot of times. But like, that's all they have. She's not going to get her eyes fixed. There's no way. She lives in a hut. So like she came understanding this was her only shot. I think she came knowing that it was going to happen in some ways. From her reaction, it seemed like it to me. <laughs> so she she seemed to have a lot of faith. Well, Chris, as you are our teaching pastor, what is your heart for our church that the members of the upper room catch? How do you want our church to represent Jesus to the world? I think, oh man, I just keep coming back to the fruit of the Spirit. If we had the Spirit moving and the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it would just change everything. I think to understand Jesus and to understand the Holy Spirit and to live in that and to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and to live in the fruit of that, that would be my big win. I think that there's a uh, there's a unity that comes with that. There's a power that comes with that. There's, you know, real love and real joy and peace. And, you know, in a world that's n- none of those things right now, we're having a, the world's tearing itself apart. I think the world's sick of itself at this point. We just have to live in a different kind of way, show a different way than a world that's outraged and divided and angry and I think that's my goal I've been talking about. I'm going to talk about it this week, that like a creative minority, a different, a counterculture than what we see in the world. Real, Holy Spirit, fruit. That's good. I'd like to see revival too. What does revival mean to you? Big tent in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) No, just like a sweeping through of the Holy Spirit where like lots of people get saved. Revival is always outward. Revival is always people coming. It's not in the church so much. It's people from outside coming in. So I'd like to see a lot of people get saved. That would be my big goal of mine. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see all the churches in town packed out. Well, we appreciate you coming. (laughs) You keep dancing. Being our first guest for season two on the Shine podcast. (laughs) We've waited a long time for this and it's been fun. So (laughs) try to line that up with your actual music. Shine. Shine, shine, shine. Well, Chris, we are really glad that you had an inquisitive mind and that you sought Jesus and the truth and that you are sharing that information that you gained with us because we have definitely all been benefiting from your knowledge and your studies and your hours and hours and hours that you pour into your sermons. Yes. And so we're very grateful for that. We're appreciative of the role model that you are for our men in our midst and the great father and husband that you are and friend that you are, and just how you serve so willingly, not just in front of everyone, but behind the scenes as well. So very grateful for that. And thanks for being on our show today. Thanks for having me. Podcast. (laughs) Infamous Shine Podcast. Thanks for having me. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.